Well, it's a real honor to be back with you again tonight. We've got a super broadcast for you. We're bringing back to you tonight Minister Carla Boutat. And she's got a right now word for you. Later in the program, if we have time, we're going to open up the telephone lines. If you'd like to call in, we'll get you on the line with her for a prayer, deliverance. And if you're here for the first time, welcome aboard. We've been on the air now about four and a half years, approaching 2,000 episodes. Hopefully, we're going to hit that marker in uh, December, God willing. And the program is about the full gospel of Jesus Christ with an emphasis on casting out devils. You know, Sister Carla, we love to cast out devils here at Omega Man Radio. Me too. <laughs> As I know you do, and you have been for many years, and we're excited to have Minister Carla Boutad on the lineup. I want to say shouts out to all of the spiritual warfare team of the Landrys and our good friend, uh, Pastor Frank Marzullo, who's also on the broadcast. And without any further delay, Carla, would you like to open up tonight in prayer? I would. Thank you, Shannon. Well, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just bind every spirit that would come to block or hinder this word from being heard by those that you have ordained to hear it. Uh, We just bind every spirit of witchcraft that would be working against this broadcast, against Omega Man Radio, against me, against the listeners. Uh, We send out the warring angels to scramble every plan and assignment that the enemy has against this night, in Jesus' name. Uh, Lord, I just ask you to uh, circumcise the hearts of the people to hear what you are saying to them tonight. And I pray, Lord, that as they listen, they will be emboldened to take this word and uh, act on it. In Jesus' name, amen. I say amen to that. And uh, as we're getting started tonight, I want to uh, let people know that we have uh, apps available. If you have a smartphone, you can tune into this broadcast on down the, down the road with your iPhone or Android. You can get an app now for MixLR. Also, there's an app for downloading all the archives, which I'm getting uploaded now within 24 hours of a show. For SoundCloud, just go to MegamanRadio.com and click on the apps link, and you can get information on that. Well, Carla, before you bring tonight's message, maybe there's someone who has not heard you speak before in this program. Would you tell people a little bit about who you are in your ministry? Well, um, I was initiated into deliverance by... uh, My uncle Ernie, actually, and that is Frank Marzullo's uncle as well. And then I met Frank Marzullo's dad. And from there, I went to Lake Hamilton Bible Camp. And I've been teaching there for 10 years now. And then, of course, anywhere that I'm invited, I'm happy to go and share the word and uh, share the ministry of deliverance. There's a real need for it. Um, Let's see. I what want to else? say, uh, God bless Brother Ernie. <laughs> Uncle yes, Ernie. he's he's gone now, but I sure miss him. Well, you know what? He's in heaven right now, collecting yes, dividends, dividends off of uh, planting seed and the life of you and Brother Frank and other men and women of God out there, and that's a good thing. Amen. Yes, you know? it is. Yes, it is. Um, I have a website now, and it's um, Carla Butod. Dot Wix. You know what? I don't have that in front of me. That's <laughs> all right. There, Shannon. I'm going to dig it up, and we're going to post it there. Uh, you have a website, and uh, people can find out about the ministry from there. Is that right? Yes, yes. And yes. there's a there's a link to Lake Hamilton, and you can go on there and find just about everything that I've taught, and many of it is uh, many of them are there to listen to for free. 
Um, if someone wants to email you, what's the best way to contact you? Carla Butod at gmail.com. And that's C-A-R-L-A, B as in boy, U, T as in Tom, A, U, D as in dog. Okay, that website is carlabutod.wix.com. I believe that Forward is Forward slash deliverance. There we goes go. after that. That's it. I'm going to be posting that in the, uh, in the chat room tonight. I want to encourage people Thanks. to bookmark that. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Carla Butod, there is a PayPal link, I believe, there. And I want to encourage people yes. to support the deliverance ministers. It's very important ministry what they're doing. The most important, I think, that uh, you can be involved in in this hour. There's a lot of good ministries preaching the gospel. I say yes. praise God for them. We Amen. also don't need to be setting the captives free. And that's what these programs are about to give you um, wisdom and knowledge to fight back uh, against the enemy in these last days. Set you free, set your captives free, and your family, your friends, in Jesus' name. Well, yeah. I'm going to give the microphone to you at this time. Take it away. You have all the time you want tonight, Carla. Okay, thanks. Uh, t I'm going to lay a little groundwork before I go into the message. I'm going to be speaking about taking dominion how Christians can take dominion. Dominion was given to us, and I'm going to uh, just talk about that a little bit, and then I'm going to go into some um, testimonies about how it's changed my life and, and how I encourage believers to begin to do this. Um, I discovered a long time ago that the kingdom of God is a heavenly realm within this earthly realm. So it's a realm within a realm. And as Christians, and by that I mean a believer in God, having received his son Jesus Christ as personal Savior, uh, giving him lordship over our lives, and born again of his Holy Spirit, we have access to the keys uh, or the principles of the kingdom of God right here while we live on this earth. Now, I was a Christian a long time before I understood that, that Jesus Christ walked in that heavenly realm when he was here on the earth. And he demonstrated, he was happy to demonstrate the kingdom of God to his disciples and to all who were privileged to witness his works, uh, which are recorded in the Holy Bible. That's where I learned about them. But here is the problem that I see in Christianity today. About 10 years ago, uh, God made it very clear to me that the New Testament Christians are no different than the Hebrews that Moses delivered out of Egypt. In the Old Testament, we see that God sent Moses to deliver his people out of their bondage to the Egyptians, right? And we know that after a time, they were brought right up to the entrance of the promised land, but they never entered in as God intended them to. Um, after it was all said and done, only Joshua and Caleb and all those under the age of 20 went into the promised land. In the New Testament, we know that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to deliver his people out of the kingdom of darkness and translate them into his kingdom of light. And we have come right up to the cross of Calvary and received salvation through Jesus Christ. And then we pitched our tents and started having church. But as a whole, we have yet to enter into the fullness of his inheritance. 
or we have yet to enter into all that he died for. And that makes me sad, and I know it grieves God, too. Now, stick with me, because I'm going somewhere with this. You you may think I'm uh, chasing a rabbit here, but you won't want to miss it. I think of it like this. At one time, I had this antique electric stove in my kitchen. It was so cool. It was made in the late 40s or 50s uh, by General Motors for Frigidaire. Not General Electric, but General Motors. It weighed a ton. It was beautiful, or at least I thought it was. White porcelain over cast iron with honest-to-goodness chrome trim and handles. I called it my Cadillac stove. This stove had four burners, but one of them could be twisted. You could take the heating element, twist it, and it would drop down into a deep well so that this, the top of this deep pot that fit in it would be level with the stove. So if you're standing there stirring for a long period of time, it didn't make you tired. Um, and the oven was unique in that it could be used as one large oven, like to cook a turkey or a big ham or something, but there was an extra heating element that could be unplugged from the bottom and plugged into a receptacle that would turn it into two smaller ovens that could be used at different temperatures at the same time. I really loved that. Never seen anything like it in a regular stove. Beside the oven was a drawer, which I used for storage, but it was actually a warmer. There were a couple of shelves where you could put dishes to keep them warm if you needed to. And then there was another drawer across the whole bottom of the stove for storage. It had a high back with a fluorescent light all the way across the top. And, of course, it had a clock and a timer Like you could leave something in the oven and set it to start, and it would turn off, and you didn't even have to be at home. Neither of those worked anymore, but that didn't bother me because I love the stove. It also had two outlets that you could plug, say, if you wanted to put a a coffee pot there on your stovetop or uh, use a mixer or something. There were two outlets that you could use. Now, this stove could do so much, but what if I had only used it for decoration? What if all I ever used on the stove was the fluorescent light and never utilized the ovens? Get the point? As Christians, we have access to so much through Jesus Christ. I'm saying we have access to the kingdom of God. And yet, besides salvation and maybe even the baptism of the Holy Ghost and a little preaching, we haven't even scratched the surface of what has been made available to us through Jesus Christ. And that's what I want to discuss tonight. is one of these principles or keys and not only challenge you, but encourage you to begin to enter in and begin to access all that he has empowered us with for the intent of the furtherance and the establishment of his kingdom in this earth realm today. That's what we are to be doing. Okay, another story that I want to tell. I used to tell this when I first started teaching because I'd be really nervous, and so it was always nice to have a little laugh and break the ice. 
but it's a true story, and it involves the planting of green onions. When my husband and I first got married 39 years ago, we had bought a house, and the lady that lived behind us, her whole backyard was garden. Beautiful. She had It was just beautiful. So when we introduced ourselves at the fence, she told me, now don't you ever buy green onions at the store. Do you see? I have all these onions. And I told her, I said, look, don't tell me that unless you really mean it because I'll call you. And she said, I want you to. Okay, so I called her. And I called her often because I use green onions a lot. Well, one day when I went back there, usually when she we would meet at the fence, she would have pulled them up. She would have cleaned them, um, had them all ready to go, just like you find them at the grocery store. But after a while, she met me at the fence, and there was a big clot of dirt on the bottom of these green onions. And at first I thought, uh-oh. She's tired of me calling for green onions. But what she told me was, if you have any little spot of dirt, she said, I don't mind giving them to you, but they're very easy to grow. So I thought, I do have a little spot right by my front door. There's a little square that I keep things planted in from time to time. She said, well, all you do is cut the tops off and stick them in the ground, and you will have green onions. And I thought, Great, I can do that. So I went in my kitchen, cut the tops off, took them out, made a hole in my little dirt spot, put them in there, pushed the dirt up around them, and went on about my day. Well, my dad came over to drink coffee with me, and he walked by, and he saw those green onions, and he said, well, when did you plant those green onions? And I proudly told him, this morning. (laughs) And so we went into the house, and he is stirring his cup of coffee, and he looks over by the sink, and there are the roots to those green onions. And he said, what is that? I said, the roots to those green onions? And my daddy, who gardened, you know, I never gardened, but he did. He laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. He said, nothing that stupid came from my loins because there were the roots. What I had done was cut the tops off of the green onions and stick them in the ground because that's what the lady said. And I told my daddy, I said, Daddy, I know that didn't make sense to me either, but she's got a yard full of them. I figured she knew what she was talking about. And I tell you that story not for you to think, why should I listen to anything this lady has to say? Because that sounds pretty stupid. But the fact of the matter is, is that I am, I like to keep things very simple. And I'm simple-minded, not stupid-wise, but things are very simple and clear to me. They're black and white. And I take things literally. Amen. So when I started reading the Bible, my husband used to call it gullible. But that work to my advantage whenever I started reading the Bible because the first book I read in the Bible was the book of James and one of the things that he says early on is that if you be a hearer of the word only and not a doer you deceive your own selves and so when I read it in the Bible I don't have a problem believing it 
and I don't have a problem doing it. And because of that, I began to see things. I began to see the Word of God come alive and be made real early on in my Christian walk so that I have great faith in the things that the Word of God says. So um, I wanted to share that with you because this thing about dominion is really important. Now, how this came about was after uh, my husband and I had been married 19 years, we moved from that house, bought some property, built another house. It was out in the woods, way out in the woods of East Texas. Loved it. Our closest neighbor was a mile away. These roads are very narrow. If you've ever driven down the dirt roads in East Texas or probably anywhere, actually, there's hardly enough room for two cars to pass. It's like there's enough room for one car, and you almost have to drive up into the trees to let a car go by. Well, traveling these dirt roads, there were always little creatures that would jump out at the last minute to dart across the road. A rabbit, uh, birds would fly out of the woods, and you would almost hit them. One time a deer, I was coming home, it was like dusk, and this deer jumped out of the woods and just hit right in the side of my car. So all of these animals kind of make it like a um, obstacle course almost. So one day I had left the house. I was driving down the dirt road and this buzzard flew out of the trees right into the roadway. And I was probably going about 35 or 40. And there was nothing I could do. I couldn't turn the wheel. I couldn't divert. Um, I just closed my eyes and waited for the impact. Well, it scares me when things, you know, jump out at you. It startles you and causes your heart to jump up in your throat. Well, anyway, I don't like to be startled. I went, it! I take dominion over the fowl of the air and over everything that moves upon the earth. And I command them in Jesus' name, stay out of my roadway. And I heard that come out of my mouth. Now, I had never said anything like that in my life. But when I heard it come out of my mouth, afterwards, I said, whoa, I like that, dominion. (laughs) Well, I didn't know anything about dominion. So that day when I got home, I did a word study on dominion. Okay, now let's see. Okay, so I found it in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Now I'm going to read that again. And God said, let us make man in our image. After our likeness. Now, of course, he's talking about, and God said, let us, God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. They were all right there. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, 
and over the cattle and over all the earth. That doesn't leave anything out. And over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So that means if you are a member of the human race, then God has given you dominion over the fish of the sea. Now let me tell you a story about dominion and fish. My husband and I were at his parents. They have a lake house, and we were there fishing. We Well, we were there visiting, and it was getting to be almost time to go, but we decided to take the boat out just right there in the cove. My son and daughter-in-law were standing on the dock watching us, and Mike and I are in the boat, and I'm casting, and I, I love to fish, but I really love to catch fish. So I'm casting, and I, I wanted to catch a fish so bad. And then I thought to myself, what am I doing? I have dominion over the fish in this lake. So I said out loud, I take dominion over the fish in this lake, and I command you to come and bite my bait. Wow. And the next time I threw out, I mean I caught a fish. Ooh. I mean, it was so exciting. And my son and daughter-in-law are standing, my husband, you know, they, they all think I'm a little wacky because I take these things literally. But they saw it, and I saw it, you know. I didn't know for sure a fish was going to hit my hook. I just gave it a shot, which is how I have discovered a lot of things in the spiritual realm. I just give it a shot. So I caught my fish. That's a fish story. Uh, I love the stories, fact- by the way. You love what? I love stories. Oh, me too. Keep them coming. This is good. Okay, so now it it said the fowl of the air. So we live out in the country, and from time to time, these crows come, and they're, you know, I'm sitting in the house studying, reading, praying, whatever. Mike's gone to work, the kids have gone to school, and all these birds are cackling, 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 cackling. And they were getting on my last nerve. So I went outside, and I said, I take dominion over you birds, and I command you to get off of my property now. And I just walked back into the house, and shortly, all the birds were gone. I'm liking this dominion. Oh, yeah. Okay, the cattle. Now, I've never looked up the word cattle until I was preparing for this because I know what cattle are. We live in the country. There are pastures full of cows everywhere. But just out of curiosity, I looked up the word cattle in the concordance, and it means from an unused root, probably meaning to be mute, properly a dumb beast especially any large quadruped or animal, often collectively, beast, cattle. And that quadruped, the definition of that is an animal having four legs and feet, such as a horse, an ox, a lion, a deer, etc. Interesting. Okay, and then we have also been given dominion over all the earth. So what does that mean? Okay, um, where does weather happen, for instance? It happens on the earth. Okay, 
we live in a place where hurricanes and tornadoes are a real problem. Now, we don't have tornadoes like Oklahoma and Arkansas. A lot of those places have more tornadoes than we do. But we do have our share of tornadoes. But hurricanes, uh, my husband and I have lived on the Gulf Coast all of our lives. And over the years, we have had to evacuate from many, many, many hurricanes. Uh, Once, when my husband was a little boy, their home, it was Hurricane Carla, my name actually, Hurricane Carla, and they got like three feet of water in their house. Many of the homes down here were flooded. So we don't like hurricanes. And I mean, every time there is a rotation in the tropics, people get nervous because they have a habit of coming from Africa, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. They they all form right off the coast of Africa. And then by the time they get to the tropics, they begin to form a rotation, and then they they form an eye, and then all of that. Well, after 2005, in 2005, that was the year that Katrina and Rita, both terrible, devastating hurricanes, hit. Um, and I had been questioning the Lord for a long time about hurricanes and weather in particular. You know, they always say an act of God. And these things are horrendous. And I'm thinking, how can, is God are you over these storms? Well, so as I was thinking about hurricanes, I noticed one day every one of these form right off the coast of Africa. Now, I'm just thinking, Lord, Africa, they practice witchcraft, lots of it, openly. You know, the the United States is fooled in thinking that we don't have witchcraft here. Now, we know Africa, a lot of the islands, we know they have witchcraft and stuff. We know that voodoo and those kind of things took place around New Orleans. There's a lot of that kind of stuff there. And I begin to wonder if these hurricanes could be the result of witchcraft. Well, that's a good point. Why else would a thunderstorm take on a life of its own? It has what? One eye which is indicative of witchcraft, when you see that one eye, um, it becomes, it takes on a life of its own so much that we give it a name. We name it. And then, of course, the weather forecasters are all a Twitter. They just love a hurricane. And they are predicting. And what I have... um, come to understand about weathermen, they are forecasting, but that is almost like prognosticating. They are actually prophesying with their words. Yes. Uh, Yeah, the behavior of the storm, all of this. And so I had this, uh, this girl that I met at Lake Hamilton, and she was African, from Africa. 
and it was hard for me to understand her because her dialect, her um, accent, very heavy, and it was hard for me to understand her sometimes. But whenever I started thinking about this, I wrote to her and told her what I was thinking about it. And she called me, and she said that she had a twin sister that still lived in Africa. And that on the night of the new moon, the witches, wizards, all those people, they go down to the waters, and they place witchcraft curses on the waters. So I began to start breaking the witchcraft off of the waters between the United States and Africa. And she t- she lives in New York now, and she told me that there is heavy witchcraft in New York. And when her sister came to visit her on the night of the new moon, she woke her up at 2 o'clock in the morning and said, come with me. So she- they went down to the river, and my friend said that there were cars parked, and this is in the middle of the night, all along the river on both sides with people in them. And even some people would get out and they would throw things into the river. And they were putting curses on the water so that everywhere the water flowed, the curses would come up out of the water and go into homes, businesses, churches, schools. You know, and this is going on and Christians aren't even aware of it. So, I typed up a hurricane, the findings that that I felt like God was showing me about the hurricanes. And, you know, even when even when the um, Katrina hit New Orleans, I got lots of papers and things from different ministries talking about that being a judgment on America, which makes sense because New Orleans has a lot of wickedness, as so many other cities do. But that hurricane unearthed every I mean everything that was hidden everything that was deep when the flood came all of that had to come to the surface and then and then a lot of the people that were displaced and I'm not saying that all people from New Orleans are wicked but there is a lot of wickedness and witchcraft that goes on in New Orleans and so those people were put on planes and sent all over the United States and that was talked about in the way in the way that the way I saw it was that witchcraft was planted. You know, all these people that practiced witchcraft from there went to all these different places in the United States and it was just like planting the seeds of witchcraft all over the United States. So so I believe that hurricanes and a lot of, like these tornadoes that rip through and just destroy a whole city. You know, I used to wrestle with these kind of things. But one day, using John 10.10, 10, the thief comes not but to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. So this became sort of my judging scripture. You know, like if a policeman goes into a crime scene, they usually dust for fingerprints, right? That's right. Well, when we see things happen, I'm like, 
an investigator. I am dusting that happening, that event, to see whose fingerprints are on that event. If it involves killing, stealing, and destroying, I know who it's from. I know the, the origin of it. If it's life and life more abundantly, I know the origin of that. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. So every bad and imperfect gift, you know, I'm simple. I'm black and white. And that's the way I see it. And so many times things are attributed to God that are actually from the enemy. And to me, it is blasphemous to blame our God for something like that. Now, I know in the Old Testament, people were swallowed up. You know, in the Old Testament, those things happened. But in the New Testament, I'm not saying I know because I've read Revelation. (laughs) I know what's coming. But and those things will be the end time events and ordained and already set in motion by God. But a lot of things are not of God that are destructive. You know, people get like, how could God let that happen? You know, you hear those things. Where was God when that was happening? Um, I, I am not one of these who believes that everything that happens is ordained by God. Otherwise, you know, sometimes I say, okay, let me ask you a question. Do you think that that God ordained those planes to fly into the World Trade Center? That's disturbing to me because God is not destructive. He does it. He's not the killer. <laughs> He's the, the life giver. But that's, I don't want to get into all that because that, that really can stir up a lot of doctrinal stuff. And that's not what I, I'm here to talk about tonight. But I am talking about those weather phenomenons. Now, okay, so let's look in the Bible and see. Jesus, whenever that storm blew up, he stood up and he spoke to the storm. Now, here's an interesting question. And and I do this a lot of times with myself. I ask the questions that I look for the answers. But was that storm, because you've been in discussions, or I have been in Bible studies, well, was that storm from, how do we know that God didn't send that storm? Well, Jesus rebuked it. Jesus is not going to rebuke something from his Father. They always work in unity. But that is an instance where Jesus demonstrated dominion to the disciples. They were fearful. The boat was taken on water. They w- He's back there asleep. They wake him up. Don't you care? We're perishing. And he said, oh, ye of little faith, peace be still. And the winds and the waves died down. Okay, now I got out of order. Let me find that in my in my notes because there was a point I wanted to make here. If you're just tuning in today, this is an awesome revelation on dominion with Minister Carla Butot. And if you're here for the first time, welcome aboard. You're in the right place tonight. Carla, this okay. is this is an awesome word tonight. Keep on going. Okay, I found it in my notes. Okay, so um, 
I had a funny story connected to this. My brother and sister-in-law were eating at this new restaurant on the river uh, in the hometown where I was born. And they were eating with an attorney, some friends, an attorney and his wife. And this storm blew up. Now, the river is right at the opening of Sabine Lake, which goes into the Gulf of Mexico. So weather is unpredictable you know storms can blow up in no time well they were sitting outside eating at these tables and hit it got really really dark the wind started blowing violently there was lightning and there were these umbrellas over the table of course the wind is catching the umbrellas it's just about turning over some of the tables that nobody is sitting at so they're running around trying to keep the tables up and everything and my sister-in-law said you know what enough is enough i take dominion over this storm and i command you to be still in jesus name and she said the wind just stopped wow <laughs> and that attorney looked at her and he said what did you just do <laughs> and she thought that was so hilarious. She said, my sister-in-law told me how to take dominion over the weather. And I'm proud of her for doing that, yes. you know, because so many times people hear these things, but they don't ever do it. So she she stepped out and she took dominion and the storm died down and it kind of changed directions. The sun came back out. They had a lovely dinner. Okay, so what did... Uh, Jesus do in Matthew eight twenty four. it says and behold there arose a great tempest in the sea insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves but Jesus was asleep and his disciples came to him and awoke him saying Lord save us we perish and he said unto them why are ye fearful O ye of little faith then he arose and rebuked the winds in the sea, and there was a great calm. So what did Jesus do? He arose. He stood up. He rebuked the winds in the sea. He spoke to the wind and the seas. Now that seems a little nutty. And that word rebuke is a sharp reprimand. So let me ask you a question. Would Jesus rebuke something that was from his father? No. See, the enemy is great at just causing trouble. That's what he does. He's a troublemaker. And he, he loves to create crises that bring pressure and fear. And so there were the disciples in the middle of all of that when Jesus just spoke to the wind and the waves, and then what happened? Uh, Acts ten thirty. No, wait. Um, let's see. Where's the rest of that? Okay, I made a couple of points after that. So the important question is, or point, is that some believe that everything that happens is God ordained. So they're confused as to whom things originate from, like sickness. Some people actually believe that sickness is from God or that God allowed their sickness. And people ask me sometimes, do you really believe that all sickness is from the devil? And I say, yes. And I will give you a scripture that says it. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, and healing all 
Now, if they needed healing, that meant they were sick or afflicted, right? And healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Not healing all those that God allowed to be sick. And why is that important to know? Because we will never rebuke anything that we might think is from God. So God and Jesus were always in unity. So after Jesus spoke to the wind and the waves, and they, they got quiet. In Matthew eight twenty seven, it said, But the men marveled. That word means wondered. Something that arrests the attention and causes a person to stand or gaze or to pause. And they said, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? That word obey means to hear as a subordinate. The wind and the waves heard the command of Jesus. It means to listen attentively or to heed or conform to a command or authority. Now, there's something right there that is key, is authority. Because a lot of people do not even really understand the authority that we have through Jesus Christ. Okay, now let me go back up so I don't miss anything. I I get off my notes sometimes. Um, let's see. This is an awesome teaching tonight, Carla. Thank you. You know, I've been called gullible too. No, I'm going to say I'm going to have childlike faith. I'm going to believe what the Word of God says. Right. And I'm going to appropriate it. We're talking about dominion tonight. If you're just joining in, Minister Carla Butad. Okay, so now we're going to look at some definitions. Dominion means, in the Strong's Concordance, a primitive root to tread down, that is, subjugate, which means to subdue and bring under the yoke of power or dominion, to conquer by force. Subdue means to conquer by force or the exertion of superior power and bring into permanent subjection to reduce under dominion. It means have dominion, prevail against, reign, that's an important word, bear, make to rule, or overtake. In Luke 9.12, Jesus said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Now, I look at that as Jesus. Jesus is, to me, the nobleman. He was in heaven, but he went to a far country that was here on earth to receive for himself a kingdom and then to go back. Luke nineteen thirteen, And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy. Till I come. And that word occupy means to busy oneself, to perform, by implication to execute, accomplish, etc. Webster says occupy is to seize or take, to take possession, to keep in possession, to possess, 
to hold or keep for use, to take up, to possess, to cover or feel. F-I-L-L. That's what we are to be doing until he comes back. We are to occupy. We're supposed to establish, take over, rule and reign, and establish his kingdom until he comes back. Did you have something? Oh, I said preach. Amen. Okay. What did he mean? He meant for us to be about his business. He meant for us to rule and reign in the earth. He meant for us to possess the land and establish his kingdom, the one he will return and rule. His kingdom was first established here on the earth in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve lost their place in the kingdom and were cast out. But that kingdom has been restored through Jesus Christ and those who believe on him, the born-again believers. Okay, so that's uh, next in my notes I had about um, him showing me that there was no difference in the present-day church and the Hebrews that Moses delivered out of Egypt. Jeez, um, God had given them the land of Canaan, and they got right up to the entrance, but never entered into what God had given them. Numbers 14.11 And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me? I think it, that is still a pertinent question today. Hebrews 3.19 said, So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Just as the church, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, had been delivered from the kingdom of darkness into his marvelous light, but we have yet to enter into the fullness of what Christ intended. Okay? How long will it be ere they believe me? I just bet God is still asking that. It's time for those who call themselves believers believe what God has said. As James said, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And I believe there's much deception in the church because there are so many who are hearers only. You know, God showed me at one time, um, well, there's a... uh, of uh, scripture that judgment must begin at the house of God. And I always understood that to mean that when judgment started, it would start with the house of God. And I really do believe that it will. But God showed me a different way to look at that. He, It's um, judgment begins at the house of God because we who call ourselves believers in God will show the world who we judge our God to be by the way we behave. Does that make sense to you? The way if we are calling ourselves believers, let me, let's just, let me see if I can, pull something out that would be a good example of that. He Okay, we are not to have fear. 
right? And James also says, uh, faith without works is dead. Okay? He, James said, show me your, um, show me, I'll show you my faith by my works. But he's not talking about going and fixing your neighbor's screen door or feeding somebody who's hungry. Those are works. Those are good works, and we are to do those. But what what uh, James was talking about is when you say you have faith and then a crisis comes and puts a demand on that faith and you crumble, that's dead faith. So we who call ourselves believers and then when there is a time that we are to be people of faith and believe and strong and overcomers, and yet we don't behave that way, we make a judgment about who God really is. Am I making myself clear? Am I walk, <laughs> going in circles? It's the right now word. Keep going. Okay. So God is is looking. In fact, his word says, I think it's in Joshua, the eyes of the Lord, it's not in Joshua. I can't remember where it is. It might be Second Chronicles. The eyes of the Lord are roaming the earth, looking for those he can show himself strong to. I remember reading that scripture and just throwing my hands up and saying, Lord, here I am. Show yourself strong to me. And I'm still in that place because I believe that God is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do. Second Chronicles 16.9. Thank you. So back to the subject of dominion. So I started taking dominion over the weather. Now, the first time, here's, here's what's going to happen if you, if you start taking dominion. First of all, the devil is going to make you feel like an idiot. So I have relatives who are, some of them are afraid of the weather. And if they hear that there's bad weather coming this way, they'll call me because they know I don't have my TV on too much. So, oh, did you know that there's a bad storm headed your way? Okay, well, thank you for calling. I go out on my front porch. The first time I did this, I stuck my hands up in the direction the storm was to be coming from. And I said, I take dominion over that approaching storm right now in the name of Jesus. I bind damaging winds, damaging hail, damaging lightning, tornadoes in the name of Jesus. Flooding, we will receive the rain and the nourishment for the earth, but I bind destruction in the name of Jesus. And I say, peace be still to the approaching storm. And we never have weather. We may get some rain, but we don't have all the bad stuff. I like that. Well, the first time I did that, I was home by myself. And the first time you do it, you feel absolutely powerless. You know, like, okay, let me see what good this is going to do. <laughs> I'm just going to give it a try. I take dominion over the elements. And I prayed. But my dog, we had a, a golden retriever, really sweet dog. He was out in the yard and he sees me 
and he hears me talking, and there's nobody around. And so he comes running up on the porch and sits right in front of me like, well, she must be talking to me. (laughs) So, And the devil is saying, do you know how stupid you look right now? You sound like an idiot. Even your dog thinks so. That's what the devil will tell you. And, you know, you don't really feel any power behind what you're saying. But the more you say it, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it works the same way with you. When you say something, you may not believe it the first time, but you keep saying it and you keep saying it. And when it has to do with things of faith, the more you say it, the more you hear it, it eventually drops down because you're really coming in agreement with God's word when you do these things. And so it drops down in your heart and ignites and becomes bold faith. And that's how I've gotten over the weather because so many times I've seen it work. I mean, where we used to, I mean, before, you know, you live out in the country If a storm blows up, you just dread it because you know you're going to lose your electricity because there's so many trees and the electric lines and and limbs drop or even if a if a a limb drops and hits just right, it'll blow and all the lights go out and then you have no air conditioning or no lights. You can't use your um, can't use your washer and dryer, things like that. It's just a real inconvenience. So I got to where when I took dominion over the weather, we stopped losing our electricity. And, of course, when you first start doing it, you're doing it um, almost selfishly. You know, it was just my little space that I would pray over. But I've gotten a broader <laughs> I've gotten broader in my prayers because now, um, you know, I start like the hurricanes. I start taking dominion as soon as hurricane season approaches. I start taking dominion over the waters. Um, the way I pray for that is I, I uh, first I break all the witchcraft curses that have been placed on the water. I take dominion over the uh, the wind currents, the water currents, the water temperature, the barometric pressure to be such that hurricanes cannot form in the name of Jesus. I bind all the water spirits that they cannot communicate with this with the demons in the air. And just shut that thing down before it ever gets started. That's how I pray for the hurricanes. Now, I was telling my husband this morning, have you noticed in the past five years, we have had very few hurricanes between Africa and the United States. But oddly enough, they've picked up on the on the West Coast. All of a sudden, a bunch of hurricanes on the West Coast. Now, hurricanes are not real prevalent. In, in the Pacific Ocean, but they've started to be more on down on the other side of Mexico. Instead of the Gulf of Mexico, they're on the other side of Mexico. I have just found that interesting. So this is why this message is so um, fresh to the, to the body of Christ because, you know, the world, I don't know if y'all have heard these things about how the – People think the government is um, messing with the weather. Sure. Weather modification they talk about? Absolutely. And I've looked into some of it. It's pretty convincing. The, you know, the chemtrails and all these things that are happening. Well, here's the sad thing. 
the world, the men of the world, even Jesus says this. I'm getting off my notes again. But this is in Luke, and it's right after uh, the parable of the unjust steward. Uh, Jesus, and see the steward, he got fired from his job because he somebody told that the guy was misusing the man's money. So he gets fired, and he says, what am I going to do? I'm, I can't dig ditches, and I'm too proud to beg. So he went to all of the men that owed his boss money, and he said, okay, how much do you owe? A hundred. Okay, sit down right now and write out 80. How much do you owe? 50. Sit down right now and write out 40. He went to all the people that owed his boss money and collected. Now, the boss was getting nothing from these people, right? Even though the boss wasn't getting the full amount at that time, the man went and collected money. And when Jesus is telling this story, he said, the children of this generation are wiser than the children of light. And I think he said it with much sadness in his voice because we are God's people. We have the mind of Christ. We have wisdom, the wisdom of God, and yet the world is outwitting us. And that should not be. So if if the if if the normal natural man is learning how to take dominion, then why are we not using the dominion that God gave us? Yes, amen. So my question is, what is the challenge in the place that you live? Do you live where there are all these tornadoes? Do you live where, look at the California wildfires. Every year, those fires do destruction. Now, let me tell you a story about taking dominion over fire. Uh, my husband has an optical shop, and I, for a while, worked in there with him full-time. And a friend of mine called one day. I pick up the phone, and she's all it, she's all upset, and I can hardly understand her. What is it? What is it? What is it? Her daddy had a smokehouse, and it caught on fire. And now everything around the smokehouse is burning, and the fire is moving toward their trailer home. And there is a a propane tank about five feet from their trailer, and the fire is on the other side of that propane tank, headed to the propane tank. Now, she is so afraid that this propane tank is going to catch on fire and explode, which it could. So when she called me, I didn't know what else to do. I just said, I speak to the wind. The wind was pushing the fire toward the trailer. So I said, I speak to the wind right now over there at that fire. I command it now to change directions and let that fire burn back on itself and be extinguished. And then I I said, amen, and I, I let her go. Well, when I got home, when Mike and I got home that afternoon or that evening, she came over and said, I want to I want to show you something. Took me over to her house. She said, do you see that burn line right there, which was about three feet from the propane tank? That's where you prayed. And that fire, the winds changed direction, blew the fire back on the already burnt area, and it extinguished the fire. We just don't have any idea what we have at our disposal, but we don't use it. 
and how could things be different if all Christians knew that they have dominion and begin to use it? Carla, that's a powerful statement. Again, say that again. Let me see if I can remember what I said. <laughs> okay. Um, if all Christians knew the power that is at their disposal through this dominion that was God given to us, if we began to use it, how different things might be. How different things might be. We just don't have any way of knowing how different it could be. And, you know, but here's another thing that'll happen. Okay, three or four years ago, I was at Lake Hamilton. There were tornadoes everywhere. Uh, they were, I had heard, you know, everybody hears about the bad weather report. We don't have any outside I don't even know where the weather came from. I guess it was somebody who lived on the campground, but they uh, they don't work there, but they live on the campground, came and told us about the weather. And so uh, one guy came because my car was sitting out in the open. Give me your keys. Give me your keys. And this was like late at night. He came pounding on my door. Give me your keys. Let me move your car so it does. So the hell, there's a hailstorm coming this way and blah, 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 blah. So I handed him my keys, closed the door, stuck my hands up in the air. <laughs> And I said, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I take dominion over this approaching weather system. I bind all damaging hail, lightning, winds, flooding. In the name of Jesus, tornadoes you cannot form. I say, peace be still to that storm. Nothing happened. Wow. Well, things happened all around. And the next morning, the weather was still just as bad. I was leaving. I was supposed to leave to come back home that day. And this one gentleman that lived at Lake Hamilton said, you're leaving? Don't you know there's tornadoes everywhere? In fact, right down the highway, about 30 miles, they just had a, a tornado. And I said, I'm not bothered. I have taken dominion over my path, and it's going to be fine. Now, see, I forgot myself because I don't normally just out and out say it because this is the response you get. Oh, I forgot. Because I had taught on dominion. But it's like, who do you think you are? Well, I looked in the Bible, and I know who I are. That's right. Preach. <laughs> I know who I are. So I don't have a problem taking dominion over the weather. Let me tell you, before I learned to take dominion, when I was a young Christian, so zealous, loved the Lord, going to camps all the time, and me and my little children would pile up in our car. Mike had to work, so he would stay behind, and off we'd go. Well, I'm not kidding. Every single time we left to go on a trip, I would have car trouble. I'd be broken down on the side of the road. I'd have a flat tire. The battery would go dead. I mean, just all kinds of of calamities all the time. Now, when they would happen, woman of faith, I would pray, Lord, send someone. I need some help. Immediately help would come. I'd be on my way. One time the car was going to have to be taken into a garage. Uh, 
this lady picked me up on the side of the road. She said, I never pick people up. I would never pick anybody up. But the Lord told me to stop and pick you up. She picked us up, took us to a party that they were going to, fed us hamburgers. The husband and a friend went and got my vehicle, fixed it. After we ate, we were ready to go. Now, that's God. That is a godly thing, and I always appreciated how God rescued me. But you know what? It's so much better to be able to take dominion and not have the calamities. So this is the way I learned to pray, just like what came out of my mouth that day when that bird almost hit my windshield. Before I leave on a trip, I take dominion over the fowl of the air, over everything that moves upon the earth. And in Jesus' name, I command them to stay out of my roadway. I speak supernatural, mechanical, and physical preservation over this automobile in the name of Jesus. Now, as I've traveled more and more, I've added a couple of things. Like, you know how rocks will fly up and hit your windshield? Oh, yeah. So I bind every rock and loose article on the road to the road. Oh, I like that. Okay, so so one time I was taking my son to the airport in Houston, and we were, of course, we're driving 70 miles an hour, four or five lanes of traffic. Um, there was a truck up in front of us that was uh, um, a commercial truck, and there were those five-gallon paint, buckets some full but there were a couple of empty ones and one of them vibrated out and out of the back of the truck and my son who is not so convinced that I have dominion <laughs> he he um when the when the bucket fell off the truck as fast as that truck was going that bucket should have fallen upside down, hit on the lip, tumble, 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 you know, bounce, an empty bucket. When that bucket fell off, it never left the ground, and it was like somebody had hooked it with the handle, and it slid sideways, not not behind or whatever, but side, an unnatural slide to the side, and nobody hit it. It was bound to the road. Never did leave the road. So, you know, as you travel, you can begin to take dominion over whatever usually happens with you. With you. Take dominion over those things before you ever leave the house. Don't wait. See, I and I think I've said this on the broadcast before. I have changed in my Christianity from being a defensive Christian to being an offensive Christian. I'm on the offense now. Yes. I'm no longer on the defense. I am on the offense. Um, I go to that place first and, and take, take that even out of the equation before I start my day, even concerning my prayers. I used to say, the calamities, I can just see the spirit realm. Here I am, sold out to God. 
So the little demons are standing around listening to my prayers. Father, we're leaving on this trip today, and I, I pray for protection. Uh, you know, just say my prayers. And then all of a sudden, as soon as I start out the door, maybe even before I get out the door, uh, a plumbing leak or I lose my keys, you know, stuff like that. Because I can see that the the demons going to the demons and saying, hey, she's going on a trip today. Okay, you, you, uh, flat tire, you over here, uh, get one of the kids sick or, you know, just all kinds of stuff. He, he is constantly um, causing trouble. That's what he does. What does the word say in Revelation? But woe to those in the earth and in the sea, for the enemy has come down having great wrath. For he knows he has but a short time. He's he's got wrath that he wants to unleash on God's people. Okay, so let's see what's next. This is a fantastic teaching today. If you're just coming in, we've got Minister Carla Butad talking about dominion today. Carla, I'm not um, exaggerating when I say. This may be one of the most important broadcasts we've done to date. Because no one is talking about dominion. No. And I know the enemy is angry tonight. Oh, yeah. As you begin to... I had opposition. (laughs) When you begin to (laughs) speak the truth about what's going on with the weather, I Mm -hmm. agree with you wholeheartedly. I believe it's witchcraft. Yes. Going on, Africa other places around the world here in America. Yes. And these witches are mm-hmm. taking, they're using their demonic authority. That's right. If we're not going to do it, someone's going to use it. That's right. That was exactly what's next in my in my notes. When you begin to take dominion, you will not feel at all powerful. But we don't go by feelings. We go by by the truth of God's word. If he said it, you've got it. And we've never been taught this. Never. But I do believe that God, just as uh, I read in, uh, let me flip over there, Ephesians chapter 3, because a lot of things that God was showing me, I, I didn't know whether I could share them or not, because sometimes people look at you like you're coming with a different gospel. And I I had even said to the Lord, Lord, who can receive this? I've never heard this stuff before. Who can receive it? So in, and I kept it to myself for a long time. But Ephesians 3 says, For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me towards you, how that by revelation... He made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote before in a few words, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. See, there are things that we have never discovered even. Yes. Like Paul said. These things, he says, I'm fixing to tell you some stuff that was not made known to the sons of men before, but now. See, those words, but now, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. And then 
um, it says in verse 6, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, of which I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power unto me, who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. See, we're going to start finding, God's going to begin to reveal these things that have been hidden in Him yes. since the beginning of time to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. That's powerful. Carl, it's very powerful. And you've already mentioned the biblical precedent for it. God giving us dominion. Yes. Jesus showing us the example of how to do warfare mm -hmm. with weather. He rebuked yep. the storm. Peace be still. Mm -hmm. That was a demonic attack. I believe there's a demonic attacks because when these hurricanes happen, when these tornadoes happen, mm -hmm. there's usually major loss of life. And who's in the killing business? Satan. Satan. That's he comes right. to kill, steal, and destroy. We don't have to take that and run in fear. God hasn't given a spirit of fear, but power, right. love, and sound mind. Amen. And his word. Okay, a while ago you said they're using their power. Yes. I, I, I like to make the point that if we, if you and I went today and joined a satanic church or a witch coven, they would teach us immediately how to use the powers of darkness. That's right. And yet we've never been told we have any. We, we, have, we have had some men and women who have uh, taken God at his word and had miracles and signs and wonders follow after them. And we have lifted them up. Mm. Yes. When it is for all of us to do. Amen. All of us. He meant for all of us. So when you first start doing it, don't worry about whether you feel powerful or not. It, you need to really get in your word and, and let the truth of God's word of who you are. We have the very God of the universe, Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost, the power of God in us. I'll tell you how he showed me this, because it changed my life. This wasn't in my notes, but I'm going there. The Word says that we are to walk in the Spirit, and we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So I'm exploring this. Well, Lord, how do we walk in the Spirit? I mean, we're flesh people. We, we have a spirit, but we're flesh people. 
So how do we, in this flesh body, on this earth, walk in the Spirit? Well, it also says that we do not live by sight, but we live by faith. Okay? Uh, I need to know more about that. So one day, I was meditating on these things and and seeking God for more understanding of it. And I had a vision, an open vision. I'm sitting in my living room. Uh, in the opposite corner sits our wood-burning stove. We don't live in that house anymore, but there was a wood-burning stove in the opposite corner. And suddenly, I see me. It was very weird. <laughs> but I see me walking across my living room. Now, the wood-burning stove suddenly is not there, but there are three young men in the corner. Um, and in dreams, in dreams mostly, where there have been three, three, it has begun to be made aware to me that it is symbolic of witchcraft. Wow. Or the demonic. Now, we think, oh, three, that number, the, the Trinity, you know, God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. But Satan is a counterfeiter. And and I, I have read or heard, I don't remember whether I read it, heard it, or whatever, but you know the scripture that says a threefold cord is not easily broken. Mm, that's right. Which Witches understand that very well. They use the, the godly principles, they use them for their stuff because they know the truth of it. Okay, so here's these three men, young men. They looked about 20, just talking and cutting up like 20-year-old guys do. And I'm walking across my living room. And when I approach that area, they all stop and look at me. And they're they're horrified, and they're they're pulling back into the corner, almost trying to blend in with the sheetrock. And I look at them, and in my mind, I'm thinking, "What's your problem?" <laughs> and I walked on by, and disappeared into the hallway. And those three guys came out of that corner, and they started high-fiving each other, and laughing, and carrying on, and saying. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. Okay, then then it all disappears. Everything is back. And I'm sitting there. I've seen this. And I said, Lord, what does she, who was me, not know? He said, when you approached, when they saw you and looked horrified, they didn't even see you. They saw me. They saw my son, Jesus Christ. And they saw the Holy Ghost. Wow. And they were horrified. And that's what my people do not know. I just got chills when you said that. That's powerful. It changed my life. Because we don't realize you know, I, okay, let me find that in the Word. Let me verify that. Okay, so so Jesus is baptized. The Holy Ghost descends 
and feels Jesus, right? Yes. Okay. In John 17, and I'm going to turn there because I don't want to misquote it. In John 17, Jesus is praying. He says, I pray in verse 15, John 17, 15, I pray not that they that thou shouldst take them out of the world, but that thou should keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. You see, we, we, Jesus has sent us just like God has sent Jesus. Um, and for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also who shall believe on me through their word. Now, right there, Jesus Christ prayed for future believers. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also who shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one as thou, Father, now Jesus is saying, ye, Father, are in me, so God was in Jesus, and I in thee, and Jesus in God, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. See, we are vessels of the living God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost. Vessels, that's hard to grasp. But that's what we don't know. We think we're just people walking around. No, we are not. We are vessels of the living God. That's why Satan thought that if he could kill Jesus, he would be done with him. But he did not know that when Jesus left, he was going to send himself to live in us. And then there would be many sources of power on the earth. But we don't get that. That's what I didn't know. That was what the vision said. She doesn't know. Okay, so I take it. Of course, this is exciting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it really changed my... I, it doesn't even matter about me. It's who's in me. Hmm. And it also gave me a new understanding of that scripture. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Because I used to see that as, well, G- Jesus, yes, is greater. But, but see, I have a spirit man. 
You have a spirit man. Every one of us have a spirit man. Some born again of the spirit, some not. But those who have been born again of the spirit are vessels of the living God. And so now I see that greater is he that is in me. My spirit man is greater than my flesh woman who has contact with this earth. My spirit man is greater because of who lives in my spirit. So I go to my Bible study. I have two Bible studies and this group of women I was so excited to share this with. And I said, let me tell you something. The demons see who is in you. They see you and they are horrified. That's why we should never tremble at evil, but stand up to it and resist it and speak to it and and um, have victory over it. We should never shy back from addressing a demon. Amen. Preach. Never. Because they are horrified of who is in us. They don't even see Carla. They don't see Shannon. They don't see these born-again people. They see God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost, and they are horrified. But because Christians don't know this, evil seems to be stronger and greater. That's a lie from the enemy. That's one he's gotten over on us is to keep us from knowing who we really are in Christ. So I go to my Bible study and said, listen, listen. Oh, man, this is so exciting. Okay, so what this means that it's in this day and time, don't be surprised. Like people who were in Jesus' day, if they had a sickness, they went to Jesus. The sickness... The evil knew, the person knew that Jesus was greater than it, and so they went to Jesus to have it eradicated. The same thing is going to happen to us. As time goes on, people are going to put a demand on the Jesus in you. They're going to put a demand on the Jesus in you. They're going to see you and they're going to know that there is, you have something in you that they don't have, that they need, and they're going to put a demand on that. So start getting ready for that. Wow. That's awesome. So the very next day, now, <laughs> this, this just floored me. Um, I was eating with a friend in a restaurant. She had to go back to work. So I was not quite through. I said, I, listen, I'll get, I'll get the bill. Go ahead. Okay, so I go pay, and then I walk back to the table to leave a tip. Well, I didn't notice anybody in that restaurant, but I had to pass a table to get to the door. There was a table near the door, and there was a woman and a man in a wheelchair. I didn't even see them. But I'm walking by, and all of a sudden, that man's arm reached out and grabbed my forearm. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I mean, he apprehended me. 
And this man is in a wheelchair. He doesn't look like he could do wipe his mouth with a napkin. But he has grabbed my arm, and he's pulling me toward him. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm looking at him. Do I know him? I said, sir, do I know you? Well, the man can't talk. And so um, the woman wow. that was sitting there said, well, honey, do you work at a medical facility? I said, no, ma'am. I don't even live here. But the whole while I'm talking to her, I'm having to look over my shoulder because he's got my arm and he's shaking. You know, he has that disease where you're shaking. And so my arm is shaking and he is trying with all of his might to put my hand on top of his head. Oh, boy. I was floored. And I I told the lady, I said, you know, if I didn't know better. I would think he wants me to pray for him. Do you mind if I pray for him? She said, not at all. So I put my hand on top of his head. He still has my hand. (laughs) And I looked back to the lady and I said, what's wrong with him? And she said, well, first he had a stroke. And now he has Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. And he he can't talk. The stroke, you know, he couldn't talk from the stroke. But now he has this other. And so I just started breaking the curse of death off of him. I bind the spirit of death. I break your power. I command you to loose him and let him go. I bind the spirit of strokes, the spirit of infirmity, and especially strokes, and I break your power. I speak a reversal to all the damage. I just started praying. And I got done, and I said, Amen, and I said goodbye, and I walked out of the restaurant. And I called my husband. I said, you're not going to believe what just happened. He said, you did all that in China Inn? I said, I sure (laughs) did, right there in the restaurant. I said, and you know what? One of these days I'm going to be bold enough to stick with it until he comes out of the chair. That's that's where I am coming. You know, (laughs) that's the place I'm coming to. (laughs) Because I hate seeing what sickness is doing to people. Yes. Even Christian people, good Christian people, cancer, Alzheimer's, suicide, divorces, uh, girls not married getting pregnant, uh, people on psych drugs. It's just, it should not be. Carla, it's not God's will. It's not. But these are attacks of the enemy. And we're living beneath our privileges. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They do not understand what you're talking about tonight. How to exercise dominion. But now listen, that scripture used to be one of my favorites. It still Mm. is. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But a couple of years ago, God showed me this. The second part of that is because they have rejected knowledge. They shall be no priest to me. Wow. And I will forget their children. Because they have rejected. It's not so much. Now, some of these things haven't been taught, even heard, for people to know it. But much of what they've been taught, they have rejected. They have hardened their hearts. That's what God said about the Hebrews. Mm. They hardened their hearts against God. 
and therefore they could not enter in because of their unbelief. And what happened? They died in the desert, many of them, when they could have crossed over into the promised land. You know what? I'm, I'm glad you brought out part two of that verse. Because, you know, that goes hand in hand with another Numbers 33, 50 mm-hmm. to 57, where God is telling the children of Israel, mm-hmm. okay, to drive out the inhabitants of the land, tear down their, their groves and their images, a picture yep. of deliverance today, drive mm-hmm. it out, take the land back. But if you don't, then they'll become a prick in your eye, a thorn in the flesh. And what I thought to do to them, I'll do to you. That's right. Carla, there's a blessing and a curse for obeying uh, God. What excuse do we have? The word of God is there. I think the problem is people are operating in doubt and unbelief. That's right. That that is it. It, it, It's like, and and there's another scripture too. That's the one I thought you were going to quote. Is in Romans. Because they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Uh Uh-oh. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Oh, Lord Jesus, have mercy. See, the more feeling powerless, but we just talked about why we should feel powerful because of who is in us. He has given us the authority. I'm going to get there in a minute. But the more you speak it out, the sooner the authority will kick in. This this also helped change my life. In Genesis 1, when God was speaking everything into being, if you have your Bible, turn there. It's um, I love the Genesis, word. Genesis chapter 1. Look at verse 3. And God said. Look at verse 6. And God said. And of course it was. Whatever God said was. Verse 9. And God said, and it was, verse 11, and God said, 14, and God said, 20, and God said, 24, and God said, then 26, and God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and the rest we know, and get, let us get, let them have dominion. So do you believe you were made in his image and after his likeness? Yes. Then if God said, and it is, then it is. Yes. And it also tells me that if I was made in his image and after his likeness, I can say. See, our words have creative power. That's what prophesying is, really. I mean, you look at Ezekiel 37. God taught me about prophesying. And here's another one uh, where he taught me about prophesying was in um, Exodus. Turn there. Exodus chapter 14. This also changed my life because I tell you what, when hell came to my house, you know, I got away with being a, a, a... a good praying Christian woman for a long time. And then when the devil got serious, I didn't know what to do because I didn't know how to fight the enemy. Okay, so one day I'm praying. Hell came in the form of of, uh, rebellion in our middle son, and it 
I mean, it did some destruction in our home. So I'm crying out to God, right? Because I trained him up in the way he should go. Why is this happening? And so I'm praying every day. Oh, God, my son. Oh, God, my son. Oh, God. And one day he said, why are you coming to me with that? I was like, shocked. (laughs) Well, who else is there? Okay, then this comes to my memory. And if I can say anything today, tonight, read your word. Read the word of God and Mm. let it. You may not know that it's being recorded in you, but it's being recorded in you. I didn't remember that that scripture about dominion when the bird almost hit my windshield, but I had been reading the word and it was in there. Yes. And when I needed it, it came flying out of my mouth. That's right. To, Holy to Spirit, the point, like it. I didn't even, I didn't consciously say those words. Mm. Okay, so why are you coming to me with this? Okay, then another memory of Scripture came to me. You know, I remember him. He interrupted Moses one time. God did with the same question. Look at uh, Exodus fourteen. 13. Now let me set it up. He Moses has delivered them out of Egypt. Their back is against the Red Sea. They can't go anywhere. Pharaoh is coming to get them back. Okay, look at verse 12 just for a second though. Because this is what was going on. All the people are screaming at Moses. Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians that we should die in the wilderness. They're basically saying, Why didn't you leave us where we were? It would have been better to to die there than to die in the wilderness. So here's Moses, poor Moses. He's trying to quiet the people. So he's, I can just see this. I can see the people all pressing him. And then he climbs up on a rock or something with his stick, his staff. And he's holding his arms out and saying loudly, because there were a lot of people. And Moses said unto the people, verse 13, Fear not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today for the Egyptians whom you have seen today. You shall see them again no more forever. Now he's getting inspired. He's starting to prophesy and he doesn't even know it. The Lord shall fight for you, he says, and ye shall hold your peace. Verse 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? See, same thing he said to me. Why are you coming to me with this? So what did he tell Moses? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward, but lift up thy rod. Now that's what we need to do. He has given us a rod of authority, and it's time that we lift up our rod and do works he said lift up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea now he's going to teach Moses how to take dominion and divide it 
And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Isn't that cool? That I, word rod, it's, it means for ruling, such as a scepter. A well, scepter like is a... Huh? I like that. Keep going. Yeah, a scepter is a staff borne by a sovereign as an emblem of authority. It means royal or imperial authority or sovereignty. Oh, yes. Webster says it's a staff carried as a badge of office, such as a marshal. And that's what he has given us. A rod of authority. His rod of authority. He's given us his name. He's given us dominion. He's given us the shed blood of Jesus Christ. What does the word... He has given us the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. That's why I love to give testimony. I love to tell how this dominion thing got started and how it works and how it is real. And what we we need to begin to raise our rod of authority. Carla, this is so awesome. You know, just like Joseph, when he was pulled out of prison and he was um, elevated to what, number two mm-hmm. in all of Egypt? Yes. Wasn't he given a signet ring by the king? He was. And what happened? That signet ring means he acted in the full authority of the king. Mm-hmm. That's right. When you when he did something, it was though as the, the king had spoken and mm-hmm. decreed it. We've got that same authority in Jesus' name, and we go back to him and ask him to do it. He's already told us to go do it on his behalf. Cast That's out right. devils, heal the sick, take dominion in Jesus' name. Amen. And you know what? Um, like I was at a, um, a gathering of some girls that I graduated with. Every year we get together at this lake house and just have a little reunion and have a good time. And again, terrible weather was predicted. You know, this weather, I mean, it was hitting everywhere else and it was headed our way. And here we are supposed to meet at this um, lake house. Several of the women didn't even come because of the weather and we're sitting there and now the ladies house that we were at they had the television on the weather channel so we could keep up with where the weather was and what was happening and they were all a twitter about the weather some were calling home (laughs) and all this kind of thing and i went upstairs in the room that i was sleeping in there was nobody in there and i shut the door and i just held my hands up And I said, Father, I take dominion over this approaching storm right now. I bind damaging wind, damaging lightning, hail, tornadoes. I I stand the angels around the electrical poles and the lines. I just prayed. I took dominion over the weather. And I went back downstairs. And we were all outside on the deck visiting. And um, one of the ladies I had passed one of the ladies, and she said something about the weather. And she was a close friend of mine when I went to school. And I said, Debbie, don't worry about the weather. It's not going to happen. And she kind of looked at me like, (laughs) okay. But later we were outside. See, I forgot about it. I just take dominion and forget about it. Yes. We were sitting outside. 
oh, the wind gusted a little bit, but it never, the weather never got the way they predicted it to get. The sun came out. We were enjoying a lovely evening. And she said, hey, Carla, did you notice the weather? And I just smiled. But you know what? I I didn't, I haven't repented for that. But Lord, I repent right now for going up in my room to do it privately. However, you know, Jesus did some things privately. He He threw all the unbelievers out of the room when he raised the little girl from the dead. Sure. You can't have all that going on when you're, you know, doing something like that. But I would like to be like Joshua, who spoke to the moon and the sun to stand still. Let me find it in my in my um, notes. Yes, he did. See, I, I'm going to find it in the Word. I'm not. I'm not just making a doctrine over something. This this is all throughout the Bible. Even the fish. Remember what Jesus told the disciples when they needed tax money? Y'all go fishing, and the first fish you pull up, take the money out of his mouth. I like that one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, by the way, when I read that parable, I just like you know what? That was not just a story. It really happened. Joshua uh, ten twelve. Thank you. Okay, let me, well, let me just turn there. I have all this in my notes, but this I can't seem to well, put my finger on it. Believe me, I didn't memorize okay. it. Thank God for BibleHub.com. Yes, yes, thank you. Okay, it says in uh, ten twelve. Then spoke Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said, Joshua said, in the sight of Israel... See, I should have stood in the sight of all my girlfriends and just taken dominion over the storm so that they can see, like, like, the, men, like the disciples marveled over the fact that Jesus had power over the, the wind and the waves. Not that I don't want them marveling that I did anything. I want them to marvel that the Word of God is true. To increase their faith... And that they'll go out and do likewise. That's right. That's your goal. Okay, so he says in the sight of Israel, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed, until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. So the sun stood still in the midst of the heaven, and hastened not to go down about a whole day. Now, see, he did that in the sight of all of Israel. They heard him speak to the sun. And I'm sure there were many that thought, what is he doing? He is telling the sun to stand still? Like, really? I was talking to my husband this morning about that. I said, you know, and and they have proven that. I don't know, was it NASA, the scientists? Somewhere they have accounted for this day. They can um they can go back and show you when it happened almost. We're still feeling the effects of that. Yeah. He actually changed time right there. He sure did. He sure did. <laughs> and even with um, was it Hezekiah? Was it that he turned back the sundial? Oh, I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you know. 
Nothing is impossible. Nothing to those who believe. And I believe, and there is nothing impossible. Nothing. Okay, so, oh, by the way, that fish that they took the money out of? Yes. I just love that. I sat back and said, Lord, what kind of fish was that? Just, you know, just I just threw my question out there. Later in the day, I'm vacuuming or something, and I heard, it was a holy mackerel. Really? <laughs> you know how we, that's where we get to say, holy mackerel. Yeah, oh, I like that. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. God has a sense of cool. humor. Okay, so, and, and what about Elijah? Elijah said, now, James mentions Elijah. You know, Elijah is a like man as we, with like passions as we. Uh, that's James 5:17. It reads, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. This is after uh, where it says that um, the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Yes. But, But you know what? Many times God will say to me, check that out. One time I was at this meeting, it was praise and worship. Awesome, awesome praise and worship. And the leader is saying, come on, church, let's lift up the name of Jesus, for it is written, if we lift up the name of Jesus, all men will be drawn unto him. And I'm right in the middle of it, you know. And God said, go look that up. (laughs) I was shocked. I went, what? So when I got home, I looked it up. Well, do you know what it actually says? It's in John. It says, Jesus said it. If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Not if we lift him up. If he is lifted up from the earth, and of course we know he was, he was resurrected. Right. He is drawing all men. Will they all respond? No. But he's drawing. Mm. He said, I will draw all men unto me. So God is particular about some of these things that are widespread in Christendom, widely used incorrectly even. Yes. And somebody hears it, and they like it, so they start saying it in their meetings. And, you know, I'm particular. When I hear something, I'm going to check it out. Yes. Because we can miss the whole meaning there, can't we? Yes. And the power contained. That's right. So in this about Elijah, I looked it up. In 1 Kings 17... Verse 1, it says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. It doesn't really say that he prayed 
for it not to rain. He said, according to my word, there shall not be dew nor rain these years. And the windows of heaven were closed up for about three years, weren't they? Yes, they were. Don't you think the people that were there with Moses, when he when the Red Sea opened, they marveled. Don't you know that those that stood there with Joshua, probably laughing behind his back really, but when the sun stood still, they marveled. They were arrested. They gazed. Just the word of God is just so awesome. Okay, so I'm going to give you a few more testimonies about how Dominion worked in my life. So I was visiting my daughter out in West Texas, and um, the neighbors had a dog, very annoying barking dog. And I had walked outside, and uh, a friend of my daughter's drove up, and I walked out to the car to talk to her. She rode down the window. And we're trying to talk, but this dog next door, just on and on and on and on. I was having trouble hearing her. She was having trouble hearing me. And I had said to the dog a couple of times, shut up, shut up. Well, I knew I should take dominion over the dog, but I didn't want to do it in front of her. See, I was cowardly, but I'm getting better at that. Anyway, I had had enough of the dog, and I said, excuse me just a minute. I looked over at that dog and pointed at it. I said, I take dominion over you, and I command you to shut up and sit down. And do you know that dog shut up and sit down? Say amen to that. Just awesome. I was telling this, I was sharing this with some ladies in my Bible study group. One lady, quick study, man, when she came back the second time, she said, I have a testimony. I said, I want to hear it. She said, you know, you were talking about taking dominion. I said, yes. She said, well, I have these neighbors next door who let their dogs out of the house, and they come directly to my yard to poop. (laughs) I am so sick of those dogs pooping in my yard, and I don't want to have to put up a fence around my yard to keep those dogs out of my yard. She said, so I went home, and I took dominion over those dogs that they not poop in my yard anymore. And she said, guess what? I said, they're not pooping in your yard anymore. She said, no. So she said, so I can't wait to get to our lake house because we have this place where these bees are always. So she said she and her son had gone up to their lake house. She took dominion. (laughs) She said, my son thought I was crazy. You bees, I take dominion over you and I command you to get out of the corner of our house in the name of Jesus. She said, we don't have the bees anymore. I said, hey. I like that too. Yeah, God gave us dominion. And one time I was at Lake Hamilton, Dr. Null, he's passed away now. This has probably been about five years ago, maybe six. But it was after camp. We were all sitting around just visiting before we departed. Dr. Null was sitting at the table. He had his arm on the table. He was sitting sideways to the table. 
and somebody had asked me a question. I was answering the question, and this fly came. It was just in my face, in my face. I had to stop talking several times to shoo it away. One of the other girls went in the kitchen and brought out a fly swatter and gave it to me. So I've got the fly swatter, and then I thought, I said it. What am I doing? Fly, I take dominion over you, and I command you to come and land right here. And I pointed to a place on the table. Oh. Right here, so that I can kill you. And Dr. No looked at me over the top of his glasses and then looked at everybody <laughs> else over the top of his glasses. And so I just went on answering the question, and here comes the fly. And he's flying all around that spot that I pointed to. And I, I stopped talking, and I had that fly swatter ready. And Dr. Null moved his hand and pointed to that spot and said, right here. He was from Tennessee. Right here. He said, right here. Well, the fly flew off. And I said, Dr. Null, why didn't you be still? He would have landed. So I called it back. So here, a little while later, here comes the fly. He's flying all around that spot I pointed to. But he moved over and landed on Dr. Null's forearm. And I just took that fly swatter and went, and I killed that fly right there on his arm. (laughs) And he was just shocked that I did that, and so was everybody else. But I said, well, if you hadn't moved, I could have killed him on the table. That's right. (laughs) But it's the truth. Okay, another time, before I knew how to take dominion over the weather, um, our horse, we had a horse out in our pasture, and it was we. it's hilly where we lived, and the horse got separated from the barn by a low spot in the pasture, and it was flooding, and water was rushing through that low part, and the horse was panicking. I mean, it was pouring down rain. It was lightning and thundering. And I looked outside and saw the horse, and he was running in a panic back and forth by the gate. The fence, the gate's in the middle, and the fence goes out both ways. And he is just, and he's slipping and sliding. And I thought, oh, my goodness, he's going to break a leg. Well, Mike had the habit of coming home from work and opening the gate to the pasture, and the horse would come out into the yard and eat grass. So I thought. I'm going to go open that gate, and maybe he'll settle down and come in the yard and eat grass. Well, I opened that gate, and that horse took out of that gate and ran around the house three or four times. He's bucking his back legs. He was in a total state of panic. And I had a garden off to the side of the house, and it had been freshly um, tilled, so it was real soft, and now it's wet. It's just deep dirt sandy sandy soil and when the horse went running he his feet I mean it's he sunk up almost to his shoulders and that I thought oh my gosh so then I thought what am I doing I said horse I take dominion over you I command you to settle down and get over here and eat grass well I'm standing on my porch and we have like four or five steps that go down to the ground and I want you to know that horse immediately stopped and looked at me and started walking over. I thought he was going to come up on the porch with me. 
But he stopped right at the bottom of the steps and started eating grass. Now, it's still raining, lightning, thundering, but I was amazed, just amazed. But we've been given dominion over all the earth. I say amen to that. Yes. And then once I had my car, I'd just gotten my car out of the shop, took a friend to eat lunch. The car had run fine. We got in the car to leave. It wouldn't start. Aggravated me to no end. <laughs> I threw my hands up on that dash and I said, Motor, I take dominion over you in the mm. name of Jesus Christ and I command you to work the way you were designed to work. Now start. And I turned the key and it started. And I'm telling you, that lady looked at me. She got really kind of scared looking. <laughs> but you know what? This is another thing I find really interesting. And she's a Christian. Why did that spook her? People understand witchcraft. Yes. She thought I had done something hokey. No. How sad. Yes. That we don't, we don't understand the power of God. We understand the power of the devil. Why do we not understand the power of God? Because we've never paid attention to it. That's right. Or used it. As you said at the beginning, Carla, we live beneath our privileges. Yes. My grandmother used to echo the same thing. She said, son, there's deeper mysteries of God that he wants to reveal to you. True. Do you want to be just a shallow Christian, or do you want to know the deeper things of God? We live beneath our privileges. Mm -hmm. It's our inheritance. It belongs to us. Just like you said, God told them to go in and drive them out. Actually, God had already given them the land. Yes. Now, if Joshua believed that, and Caleb, Joshua believed, we, we are able, he said. We are able. Mm-hmm. Because God said, no, the others were scared. They shied back. They, they didn't believe that it belonged to them. They let the things that they see ha- affect their faith. We're like grasshoppers to them. So, what, are we, what are we really saying, Carla, when we doubt God? We're really saying we don't trust that he's telling the truth. We're, we're judging him. Yes. Judgment. Begins at the house of God. We judge that he is not who he said he is. That's the way I see it. That's a railing accusation of the worst type. It is. To say to the God of the universe that um, he's not able to fulfill what he has spoken. That's right. I mean, if there's something on the list of abominations, that's got to be it. That's blasphemy. Yes. In my book. Yes. And you know what? As a result... We will not see the power of God in our life because of doubt and unbelief. That's right. Jesus could not do many miracles in certain areas because of their doubt and unbelief. So mm-hmm. what happened? Those people missed out. I don't want to miss out anymore, Carla. Me either. And that's why I'm bringing this on a, to a platform that I hope, I hope everybody tuned in tonight. People because you, I, I want people to be excited by this and encouraged mm-hmm. by this and, and inspired. We have about seven minutes remaining with Minister Carla Butot. If you're coming in late, this is a must-download program. 
And you probably want to listen to this about five times. It's so full of gold nuggets, you're going to be mining this for a while and putting them to use. You know, I, I laughed a couple of times because I've seen the same thing happen um, with the dogs. Mm-hmm. I have these two dogs, and um, I'm walking um, down the sidewalk to get to my truck, and I have to pass these houses, and I never know when they're going to let these dogs out. <laughs> they're very quiet. There's a, a there's two of them. One's a real big dog, another one's like a little German Shepherd, even smaller. And they like to startle me. I mean, they have the most ferocious bark, and you know, I'm only maybe a foot away from them. They scare the heck out of me each time mm-hmm. because I'm just minding my own business. You know, there's just this loud bark. You know, <laughs> right? It, it annoys me. Mm-hmm. So the other day they pulled that on me. And I looked at them and I said, I rebuke you, you foul devil in Jesus' name. Shut your mouth. I'll bind you, dog. Mm-hmm. And they shut their mouth. They just looked at me. <laughs> Both of them. They were quiet. I love it. I love <laughs> in that. In Jesus' name, of course. In Jesus' name. That's right. Um, who was it? Was it, uh, it was a um, well-known evangelist. He was crossing over this uh, fence into this field and there happened to be a bull there. <laughs> and he oh. took authority over that bull. The thing was going to try to um, hit him with his horns. Mm-hmm. And he said, I bind you and take dominion over you in the name of Jesus. Yes. Uh, he did that to some hornets one time, too. Yep. And, Listen, uh, I, it, it, <laughs> I, when I go berry picking, yes. I, you know, because it's along fence lines and it's pasture and it's, you know, nobody walks around there and there's snakes and spiders and bees and all kinds of things. I just stand in front of where I'm going to pick and I say, I take dominion over the snakes, the bees, every spider, every stinging thing. I command you to vacate this area now in the name of Jesus. And then I berry pick. I've never seen a snake. Sister, I'm using this next time I go to the beach against those sharks. Absolutely. <laughs> that kept me out of the water. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to bind well, them out hey, the jaws. That, that's a healthy, that's a healthy fear. But we don't have to. Fe- we have been given dominion over the fish of the sea. Yes. Amen. Are we going to step out in faith and use it? Powerful right. teaching tonight on dominion. We've never brought this teaching on this program before. I've never heard it preached before in this way, sister. I've learned all kinds of stuff tonight. You've emboldened Yay. my faith. And Yay. I love that testimony about the three demons over in the corner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I loved it, too. I only wish I had known. <laughs> because um, they tremble. Yes, they do. At Jesus' name. They believe in God and they tremble, it says. Yes. Uh, and they and Jesus is, lives inside the believer. That's right. So we need to have boldness. We don't need to be afraid of the enemy. We need That's to put right. him to flight. And mm-hmm. so many times people uh, acquiesce and they just, they let the devil have his way. And like the uh, example of the sisters over there at that meeting you were at, and they were all worried about the, the weather. How many times has that been the case with us? We let mm-hmm. the devil dictate to us. No, we need to dictate right. to the devil. That's right. Get out of my way. I've we- got business to take care of in Jesus' name. I am teaching, I have taught my granddaughter uh, that if anybody ever approaches her, if anybody ever makes her fearful for her to take dominion, I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. I said, because it would be an evil spirit in the person that would want to harm you. Yes. It would be an evil spirit, so you can speak to the evil spirit and bind it in the name of Jesus. 
So, you know, it's just like these people that get abducted and everything. I mean, you know, my husband wants a concealed weapon uh, license. And, you know, it's true. There there are places that you could be that some maniac could come in and start shooting. And if somebody could take the guy down, it would save lives. But, hey, we have something greater than that. Carla, one angel killed 180,000 men or so in the Old Testament. That's right. I had, uh, me and Oliver North had the only concealed weapons permits in the city of Alexandria back during the Iran-Contra. Now, I was only 21. I'm not that old. He was, you know, he was, mm-hmm. I was in his prime. He got his revoked. I still had mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I believed in carrying a concealed weapon wherever I could for many years. Used to carry mm-hmm. a 357 in my pocket when I was in Costa Rica. Uh, so I've had these my whole life. But then I said, why do I need this? Do I believe the word of God or not? I'm going to put my actions where the you know where my mouth is, and right. I'm going to step out in faith. One angel killed 180,000. What do I need to fear if the angel of the Lord encamps about the righteous? I don't need a concealed weapons permit anymore. Nothing can mm-hmm. touch you unless God allows it if you're walking in the will of God in obedience. Do we have faith for that, though? It's time we start demonstrating it, because if we don't, then we're basically saying we don't believe. That's right. And doubt and unbelief is a sin. It is. And it will open up the door for demons that operate in doubt and unbelief. Uh, so I don't, I don't need that anymore, sister. No, no. I, uh, I left that behind. I'm not even worried. I put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. He can translate me. He can protect mm-hmm. me where I'm at, or he can promote me. He it's can make you invisible. Go. He can do that too. Jesus did. They wanted to throw him off the cliff, and he walked, mm. walked right through the middle of him, and nobody touched him. That's better than any example I could give. That was Jesus Christ doing it. He walked yeah. right through as they wanted to throw him off the cliff. Carla, right. we have run out of time tonight. The good news is we're going to have her on next week. Uh, as we're getting ready to close, I would like you to give out your contact information. Tell people how they can find you on the web, email you, and how they can support your ministry. Okay. <clears throat> My email address is Carla Butod at gmail.com. Uh, you can email me there. Um, the website information is Carla Wix, W I X. What was the rest of that? Yes, I'm going to give it to you right now. I, I needed I to write that it. down. It is Carla Butod, Butod, B U T A U D. At Wix, W-I-X, dot com, forward slash deliverance. Right. Deliverance. Thank you. Yeah, that's still new to me. I, I don't even have it in my memory yet. Have you checked um, to see if uh, you can get your domain dot com, dot com? What now? Have you checked to see if com is available on GoDaddy? No, I didn't know about GoDaddy. Check it out. <laughs> Go to GoDaddy when you get some time. I, that's a unique name. I bet it's available. And if so, you can buy that name for like eight bucks a year. And then you can just point it at your website. Then all you do is just give out CarlaButod.com. Okay, I'll talk to my computer guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, at that website, uh, I see a book available there. Someone would like to order that. How do they go about that? Uh, well, they can. Um, I think I have it on the website by the PayPal thing that for a donation of I think it's seven or ten dollars. You can send email me your address and a request for it, and I'll mail mail it out. 
they can pay for it on PayPal and then send me their information and I'll mail it out. Or I just had it converted into an ebook, which will be available soon on the website. Fantastic. While you're there, there's again a PayPal button. I would encourage people to support Carla's ministry. She's on the front lines in deliverance. Carla, you also speak up at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp. Uh, will you be speaking there uh, Thanksgiving weekend? Is that right? I'll be arriving the day after. It starts Thanksgiving. I'll be arriving the day after uh, and be there throughout. Also, uh, there's going to be a, a one-day conference um, at the Elegante Hotel in Beaumont, Texas on December the 6th from 9 to 4. This will be our second one. Uh, it's being put on by Dr. Esther Matthews, a good friend of mine. And, uh, and Alberta Landry will also be there. We'll be ministering together there. Praise God. Amen and amen. Uh, yes. Pastor Mel, let me introduce you to um, a soldier for the Lord Jesus Christ, Sister Carla Butot. Good to meet you, Carla. Lord bless you. Thank you. I received that. Carla, amen. Brother Mel is a pastor out in California. Uh, He's been in about 25 movies, including Bruce Lee's last movie, The Game of Death. Really? So he's an accomplished actor, but more importantly, um, Brother Mel, uh, you work behind enemy lines, don't you? You know, I've been ministering, uh, preaching Christ Crucified on the Skid Rows of Los Angeles for 32 and a half years, and prisons and penitentiaries all over the country, uh, 29 and a half. Awesome. What was your last name? Novak. N-O-V-A-K. Okay. Mel, yeah. Well, my real name is Milan Mergenovich. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, it's yeah. nice to meet you. <laughs> well, nice to meet you. Where, where are you all from? Uh, we live in Hemp Hill, Texas. Oh. We just, we just recently moved. I ministered down there at the, uh, well, I was at a federal prison. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of them out there in the woods. <laughs> yeah, then, but I was at the level four also. Okay. Uh, there was not... There was a riot the day I was preaching. Oh, really? That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> and then you had this, uh, I was out there waiting, and they all knew that I was an actor. I have a flyer that I give them with the God's arsenal prayer with the armor and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And here comes this, this, this dude coming toward me, and the Holy Spirit quickened me that there's danger. So I stood sideways because you're not a good target. Mm-hmm. And uh, I fixed a gaze on him. I says, in the name of Jesus, I bind you up in whatever you think you're going to do, Holmes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lord, rebuke you. Jude 9, Zechariah 3, 2. And his his uh, denim shirt was all the way past his fingers. You couldn't even see him. Uh-oh. And here comes a deputy. And he, he said, uh, I says, you need to check that dude. What he, he got under that, under the coat he's hiding. Mm-hmm. It was a knife. Mm-hmm. And it came where, well, he wanted to kill a celebrity. Well, oh, boy. You ninny, the only celebrity there is is Jesus Christ, not me. And so they put him in a hole. I don't know. He was in a hole for a, for a long time. But when he got out, the inmates who knew me, uh, they beat the tar out of him. <laughs> Broke his arm. Wow. Well, I'm glad you're there. I'm glad you're in the prisons. They Well, it's a calling. Of course it is. <laughs> I've had people say, you need to go to the jails. I said, God hasn't told me to go to the jails. That's right. Exactly. 
Usually people have a skid row minister or a prison minister. God gave them both. Mm-hmm. But I had been broken. You know, I've had, should have died six times. I've, I've had 27 surgeries, been crippled for five years from pro ball. Had a wife walk out of a marriage. I've, went, I've been through a lot of stuff where uh, the adversity strengthened my faith. Right. Well, that, as the scripture says, all things work together for the good. Romans eight twenty eight. Amen. Mel, uh, Sister Carla has been preaching tonight on dominion and the authority uh-huh. Jesus has given us as believers. Oh, and, yes. Um, oftentimes, you're headed up to um, uh, preach at one of the uh, correctional facilities, prisons, and uh, you've had to um, take authority over um, some things that uh, would try to prevent you from being there. Is that right? Even over an oh, yeah. infection? I bind up everything you could imagine, you know, <laughs> lockdown, uh, fights, mm-hmm. uh, everything. And then on, when I leave, I'm binding up hepatitis, TV, staff, Mercer, and pink eye. Exactly. So I take authority in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, even up at Pelican Bay, uh, I prayed for three weeks that there wouldn't be fog. Right. Because, you know, they have, a, they have those deputies up in the towers with the rifles. Mm-hmm. They have to see every nick and corner. Yep. Oh. And uh, so I bind. I got. I'm telling you, I got it. Where one of the one of the places I went, I got to bind up late count. Uh, it just. But you know, the, we we have the authority and the power. This is what I do. That's right. That's right. And I teach them. I teach a lot uh, of spiritual warfare and. Uh, that fog could prevent you from being able to preach the gospel there and bringing in souls to the kingdom, right? Well, the, the the brother that came there the week after, it's like I was there. I flew in Friday to the service Friday night, two Saturday, three Sunday. Dude come in last, I mean, the week after. He got canceled on Friday. He got canceled on Sunday. I mean, Saturday, he got to do one service Sunday, and that was it for the whole three days. And I told him, you know, you got to take authority in the name of Jesus and whatever is going to stop, because you get a lockdown and stabbings. And we had two stabbings in the church service mm. in 12 days in the church service. And mm. I had a service three days later. And I told them, I got a really an encouraging message for you. <laughs> I, know, I know you all heard about the stabbings. So I just want to express some. If any of you come at me with a shank, I'm going to take your eye out. Then I'm going to repent. <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't hear, you didn't hear a pin drop. They know I, 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 I'm not turning my cheek. That's right. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Sister Carla, I want to thank you for coming on tonight, bringing an awesome message. If you're coming in late, um, first guest tonight, Carla Bouton. Carla, before we move to my second show, I want you to close in prayer, if you would. Okay. <clears throat> well, Father, we just thank you for all that you have given us through Jesus Christ. And I pray that these words uh, will go as seeds and fall on fertile ground, take root and bear fruit, Lord, that everyone will realize who they are in Jesus Christ and begin to walk in that authority that he has given us. Not, Not arrogantly, Lord, but for your purposes and your kingdom. And we just thank you for that. We will never misuse it, Lord. We will never use it for evil. 
and we just thank you for it. And I just bless all the hearers in Jesus' name. I thank you for Omega Man Radio for the opportunity to speak your word, Lord. Amen and amen. I touch, touch and agree. agree. Amen. Carla, amen. give us your email address also if someone would like to contact you. Mine? Yes. What's the best way to email you? Carla, C-A-R-L-A, B as in boy, U, T as in Tom, A, U, D as in dog, at gmail.com. Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you.